Hi Rachel, what are you doing? I've just put together episode 25 of my Lessons from Lost podcast. 25 already? I know. Good for you. And who are you talking to this week? Paul Mason. I know Paul. He's a very interesting chap and super talented ultra runner if ever there was. Is that what you're talking about, running? It is, but it's also about the lessons that he's learned from running and the whys, which do involve some loss. Oh, that's unfortunate. Does the porcupine join him at any stage? No, but I wonder whether he's hallucinated about porcupines. Well, let's find out, shall we? Hello, and welcome to the Lessons from Loss podcast, the podcast in which we share our experiences of loss and more importantly, what we learn from them that now positively guides and defines our lives today. I'm your host, Rachel Smith, and each episode I talk to a different guest about their experience. Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the vulnerability and courage of all my guests in sharing their stories and the impact that hearing those has on you, the listener. Please take care of yourself as you listen. Today, I'm delighted to be chatting with Paul Mason, who is becoming rather a legend in the endurance running world. He's run hundreds of marathons, multi-day endurance events over the past decade or so, and most recently completed the 250-mile non-stop TENS ring. Not just once, but back-to-back. Yes, you heard that right. He completed 500 miles on foot in one go. An absolutely phenomenal achievement. So welcome, Paul. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on and um, you know, sharing about your experiences, but also about why you're pushing yourself and what you've learned from all of that. But firstly, obviously, huge congratulations to you and you know your support team, because it did take a fantastic support team to help you achieve that. How are you recovering? Because it was like about three, four weeks ago now. Uh, a little bit longer, actually. Yeah. Uh, thank you. And thanks okay. for having me on. Um, yeah, no, believe it or not, time is flying. So I think we're actually about six or seven weeks now, believe it or not. Uh, it's crazy how time has flown. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm recovering really well. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, body has finally decided to behave. Um, it took about five weeks for the legs to get back to some sort of what I call normality. I thought I was ready when I wasn't I came back a bit quick so I backed off um but yeah the last two or three weeks I think the the, the legs the body have um finally got back into behaving and kind of enjoying movement again um mind wise yeah very yeah I had a bit of um fatigue straight after the event for about a week um where I was really quite tired um understandably so <laughs> yeah I mean it's I kind of knew it was going to happen I think the the usual sort of post-event things happen that the night sweats were there for about a week and eating everything out of the larder and the fridge um that i get my hands on um happened as usual but yeah i think the um the body's good now thank you yeah i'm enjoying getting back out running and thankfully touch wood no aches and pains so yeah just building back up slowly again and uh yeah enjoying my running excellent oh that's good to hear so we first met probably about 10, 11 years ago on the running circuit, when along with you know so many others in the marathon running community, you were out and about pretty much every weekend doing marathons one day, two days. But over the years, 
you've really started to sort of to explore pushing your limits of endurance just to see how far you can push your body not only physically but mentally as well and you know experiencing huge extremes of of discomfort exhaustion and you know the the toll you know it's you know six weeks on and you recovery is going well but you know it's not like a marathon where you where you're sort of good to go pretty much the the next day and I wonder what has sort of changed for you over that period of time what's what's your drive and the hunger in your belly so to speak to to keep pushing yourself for you know for more and more to to push out those limits yeah it's a question that lots of people ask um, and there's no one set answer I think for me it's a very personal thing there, there has to be a why um, I'm sure we'll talk a bit about the why's a bit, a bit later but I think for me on a personal note it's I've always enjoyed just pushing myself that little bit further and I think there's become a realization that uh, potentially so great um, uh, where we think we're at our true potential we're not and I think the fascination of the mind and the brain and how it works has always been a fascination for me and I think over the last probably four or five years I've spent quite a lot of time studying the mind the brain just to try and get inside it to understand you know what it does and why it does what it does not just in the running world but in everyday life I'm probably like most people I, I've suffered from anxiety um and it's really frustrating because you you want to just turn it off you know you want to turn that overactive brain off so i think it became a bit of a quest to try and understand what anxiety was is why it affects me and how i can control it and what i can do to balance it and, and running has always been one of those things and i think the further i've got with running the further i've pushed myself kind of past what i believe is potential um, it's kind of quiet in the voices, if that makes sense. It's it's allowed me to be much calmer, allowed me to be in much more control and, and, and I guess watch the triggers and, and understand the triggers a lot more. Um, you know, we all, we all live various stressful lives, whether it's at home or work or both. And, I, and I've always found that I guess if you if you care too much, and that's the way I summarise it, if you care too much and you worry too much, you're never going to let go. You're never going to quiet in the mind. And I find that running and exercise and just getting out in Mother Nature, I think, for me, just allows me to compartmentalise and break that down and calm the voices. Um, and I think what I found is that the anxiety was almost like a voice of um, trying to stop you from doing a lot, you know, trying to prevent you, protect you. And I found that I needed to override that voice um, because it was holding me back. Um, and I think it holds a lot of other people back as well. I think for me, um, being able to go to a, I call it a dark place. It's not really a dark place in negative terms. It's a place where you go soul searching, where you are in that place. And I think running brings out or any sort of exercise when you're in, you're, you're, you're not struggling, but you're, you're in the pain cave, um, really helped me understand why I thought the way I did. Um, and helped me understand why the anxiety was there, why it was easy to take maybe easy options. And it was a way of just not fearing it. And I think fear is a huge thing. Um, it prevents people from doing so much. Uh, and I didn't want the, the world of fear to stop me uh, and, and stop me from pushing myself to just see what the potential was and where was my summit. 
Um, and it's a fascinating thing because I think so few people want to push past what they perceive as that place of pain. Uh, and I talk about, you know, on the other side of pain is a place of bliss. And it is, it's very few people probably will go there. Uh, and when you're in the running community, you kind of talk to the ultra runners definitely. And I think they get it. They've been there. They see it. They've been to the dark place, but they've pushed through and they've come through it and they've realized that it is a place of bliss. It's a place not to fear. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just been a bit real crusade for me. I've loved, I love being out in the open air. I love, love the countryside. I just love being out there. So if you're doing a long, long ultra, you know, multiple days, it's what better way than being out with nature. Um, and I've stopped, certainly in the race, I've stopped listening to music so I can really absorb the surroundings, the sounds, the, you know, there's nothing better, you know, and you'll know this from an early morning, the, the sun is rising, you've come through a long, dark night and you hear the, the birds chorus, you know, chirping away. Mm. Um, you know, you go through the woodlands where there's no noises apart from just the tweet to the bird, the rustle of the trees. And it's, yeah, it's very therapeutic to... Um, to be out there battling against the odds, but being, being on, not say being untouchable, but being in a place of blissfulness, really, really calmness and not a place of anxiety, not of the normal day-to-day rat race, as I call it. Do you find that kind of switching off and, um, well, actually, in a way, it's not switching off, is it? But not having music or, I don't know, mm. audio books or podcasts or anything playing in the background, because often they do get used almost as a, a distraction from the discomfort that you're experiencing. Whereas by switching off, you're staying very present to the moment, moment to, to what's around you, the nature, but also present to your body as well. Yeah, so do in, in a kind of bizarre way, when going into that place of that dark place when you are suffering, and we all, we all suffer at some point during a long ultra, um, I need to be very present. I need to be very clear on my, my own mind of, of, of what I'm hearing and what I'm thinking and what I'm telling myself. And I can't have that distraction. I can't have a, a loud banging music beat in my ears. I need to be very in the moment of, of talking through. And, and the brain is a wonderful mechanism. It tells you lots of lies and it will tell you a lot of things that um, it wants you to believe and are not true. Uh, so for me, it's about going into conversation and, and debate uh, with myself, clearly, around why I'm not going to believe it. You know, I'm not going to believe that this pain is the end pain. I'm not going to believe this is the end. You know, I might want to quit and give up. I know that's not true. So I want to go into debate. I want to go into, and I, I, it is an element, a little bit of sparring now as well. Uh, and, and people kind of get it a bit confused, Rachel. When, it, when I talk about the pain cave and I talk about the devil and the demons, it's it's people see that as a very sadistic, very dark place. I don't see it as that anymore. I see that as the voice that stops you and I just want to tame it. I want to control it and have absolute control over it. So by doing that, that allows me to move through. And again, being in that moment, um, being very clear uh, what I'm telling it. Uh, and what it's trying to say to me and, and the discussion I get into. So I go off into a real daydream when I'm running and you go into this whole kind of film almost inside your mind of, of what, uh, what's playing through. And I think looking back in the days, I used to really fear it. I used to be quite scared of the voices of putting me down, playing on my insecurities, just trying to knock me back and try and put me down and make me stop. And, and I realised I could override that. Uh, and I guess that then became the quest to say, well, OK, if I can do that, the body's clearly very strong. The mind is just a protection mechanism. How far can you push 
for it still to be fun. And, and I think I found that. So, yeah, I think um, and it's strange because I do I do train with a bit of music because I just you know, it's usually quite short efforts. And I quite like listening to some of the tunes because actually they're quite cheerful tunes. I think in the races, I'm very different. I like to just take them out um, and then get in, get on with the business. So how did you I mean, was it just a case of you know, in terms of training your mind, just literally building up, recognising, do you do a lot of self-reflection afterwards in terms of, okay, that, I uh, yeah, that, that was a trigger that, that got me. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a constant journey, a constant learning. I'm a big, um, a big reflector, massive reflector. Uh, I like to write things down while it's fresh in the moment. I know when I got to the end of the, the eight days, it was very much the first day scribbling down lots of things while they're fresh in my mind and what were the learns and I'm very much uh you know what's gone well uh, let's tick those boxes and say well done because I think you need to give yourself a bit of a pat on the back but also what were the learns what were the things I was going to do better next time constant growth constant improvement uh and I think you know um this whole growth mindset piece for me is is critical um not putting barriers in your way knowing there's so much more potentially in you of learning as well um not just physically but sort of mentally as well so i think it's been a bit of a crusade really I've, and i do a lot of reading i do a lot of enjoy reading various different bits and bobs not just about the mind about different mindsets and different approaches and watch and listen to different podcasts and just try and find the people that are successful and try and understand what makes them successful I think we've got the beauty of YouTube now and YouTube is fantastic just to listen and take snippets of people that have clearly done really well in their own uh, arena. And it fascinates me just how they've achieved it. So I'm a great le- believer in learning from others and a great believer in, you know, trying to tailor that into my own positioning and not make it my own. But I think it's, it's just fascinating. It's exciting to think that not only with the mind, but the potential you know, that the world at the moment, we've got so much information now that we can tap into and learn from. But yeah, reading as well. I think reading for me is critical and understanding. I'm just um, reading a really great book by a guy called Robin Sharma at the moment, and he's a bit of a life coach, and he talks a lot about, in his sort of everyday hero manifesto, he talks a lot about the mindset and the, being a master of your craft and then living off the four sets. And this is something that's been really kind of revelationary to me. So we talk a lot about uh, mindset being really really important but it's not the only important set there are three others that he kind of preaches about and the, another one is heart set having a really good heart and not carrying anger with you and I think that gets quite deep and emotional um, you've then got health set you know we need to be healthy in mind and body uh, we need to make sure we look after ourselves to, to, to run that and then the last one is probably the deepest one that's soul set I think that's the one in the ultras though I really come to play with this whole soul and you get really deep you know you get really and you'll know this you know you, you're going through huge heightened emotions in those ultra marathons good and bad and I think the soul set and having a soul and just having a deep inner drive and a belief is so so important and I think for me I've become a bit of a student of those and it's really helped me um, understand you know what's going on and, and the potential to keep going and you know, the mind and, and, and using the mind to your own benefit and not using it against you. And I have an old saying, you know, do what you hate to do, but do it like you love it. And I think that's a critical one. We all do things that we hate to do, but you're going to do it, do it like you love it and mm. give it your all. And I've always been a an all or nothing guy. I can't do 50%. 
just I'm just not going to turn up. It's I'll give everything or not at all. And that's the way I've always been. And that's the way I'll always be. And that sometimes can be my downfall. But I'm not going to I'm not going to give you 50 percent. That's really interesting about the different sets. I like that combination because, you know, we're, we're all familiar mm. with, you know, mindset and, and you know, working to, to change it or whatever. But, yeah, those those other sets are so important. Mm. Which one do, do they when you're doing your, you know, your endurance runs, your, your long adventures, do they come into play sort of at different times, but sort of over the course of the event equally? Or is there one that drives you on? sort of more uh that's a really good question i don't think they, there's any necessarily any more than others i think it depends on the day itself it depends on how you're feeling but they all become they all come into play i mean clearly the mindset is the critical driver it's the it's the it's the, the rudder of the ship almost um that's going to take you forward but again you can't move forward without those other three i think i talk about humility and humble and just being able when you're out there just being able to do it you know, I'm very, very lucky to have, you know, my full health and be able to get out there and do these long events. There's a lot of people out there that physically can't do them um, for one reason or another. And, and I'm just very humbled by the fact that I can get out there and do it. So I think the heart set piece for me and gratitude and appreciation of just not just turning up and doing it, but really appreciating that you can have the opportunity to do it is huge. So I never underestimate that piece for me. So the heart set is critical. The the health set, I think, is more probably not so much during the event. Uh, It's the lead up to the event, the the, the real disciplines Mm. and routines and habits of doing the right things and being, you know, being disciplined to, you know, if you're training, doing the right things, it's, you know, without, um, I guess, without beating yourself up. I think it's, there's a point where you need to have a routine. I'm a very routine guy. If I fall out of my routines, I go a bit all over the place. I like my boxes. I can compartmentalize everything and put it into places. And I think that gives me a steer for the day. And I think that's, that's probably more the build up. The soul, the soul set very much comes into play when, I certainly find when you're going in a dark place, I think for me, the soul and your beliefs and your values. And I think, you know, you'll know this, you'll, you'll be in a place where you'll be struggling along the, the trail and suddenly you'll come across another runner and they're struggling more than you and your ability to give back to them. It might just be a, a are you okay? You know, do you need anything? Give them something that they might not have. I think that, is huge as well and I think that gives me inner strength to when I'm out there on the trail and you think you're suffering finding somebody else that's suffering and being able to help them and give back to them that's huge as well so I think that comes a big part of the soul set well hugely so yeah they all come into play in different different parts but I think living my life now outside of you know just everyday life I think for me it's really critical I'm really trying to become a student of learning and being mindful of those four sets because i used to think it was just my it was just mindset but it's not it's far more than that when you break it down mm-hmm. so within the the soul set is that in a way where the why comes from as to why you're why you're pushing yourself yeah huge so i, I talk about having a why i think too often people do these events and when it gets hard they don't have that inner why and they don't have that resource to to pull on and that focus and for me my why recently 
has been really, really important and strong to me, obviously, with my friend Mark passing back in, what, 2020. Um, it, it changes your life in the sense that you, for me, it was a reality check. For Mark was a very fit guy, ran ultras, very well known on the ultra scene and was living life well, successful guy in home and family. And then, you know, one day you get told you've got terminal liver cancer and, you know, I'm not sure what that feels like to be given those dreaded words. I think we all know somebody might be related to somebody, you know, that's had the dreaded C word given to them. And for me, having that reality check that could be any of us really. And, and, you know, and, and life is very precious and life is very short. And I think it gave me a good kick up the backside. But what Mark taught me was even during the three years that he suffered and battled with his liver cancer he still carried on living a very positive life he still carried on giving and he, he was a great guy a very humble guy um, a guy friendly smiley humble and, and never really shared his pain with anybody he never gave pain a voice and that's one of my things I take with me now is I won't talk about that pain in my knee anymore I won't give it that voice so Mark kind of taught me a lot about that um, the power of the spoken word is critical, and again, that's another thing that Mark Turner taught me is, is that you don't you don't talk negatively. You're going to talk, you talk positively. Trick your brain. So Mark Mark has been a big influence on me to to really get out there. And he always said to me, "Get out there and push yourself. You can do so much more than you think you can. Just don't allow fear to stop you." And I think I talked to him about fear, about um, failing. Um, I think we all have a innate fear somewhere deep within us of failing I certainly do <laughs> I've always struggled with it yeah. uh, and I've had to try and overcome it and again that's the this is where the all or nothing gets you into trouble because if you give your all but you fail sometimes you see yourself as a failure and that's it it's hard to then break it down positively so for me I've had to change the narrative and Mark also helped me with this to say look just because you failed that's fine you've learned You've learned, you've grown, and, and the old saying: yeah, if you don't, if you're not failing, you're not trying, um, and you're certainly not learning. So I've kind of stopped beating myself up about that. So yeah, absolutely. I think the soul, the giving back, the fundraising. I'm not a naturally a good fundraiser. I find it quite difficult asking people for money. Be it the cause is incredibly important. Um, liver cancer is is underfunded, as I've said many times before, and we, we've got to get it back up on the radar because too many people die of, of liver cancer, and Mark being one of them. But definitely, yeah, the soul, it's it's makes you really realise how lucky I am. And I said this on one, on one of the podcasts previously. I remember having a really bad day. I was suffering horrendously with my back, but I remember almost having Mark's words in my ear saying, but you're not dying of cancer. And this is nowhere near as painful. So smile and enjoy it because you never know. And, and I did. And, and I changed my mindset and my narrative very, very quickly from being miserable to being pretty happy and smiling, very grateful for the opportunity. And that's where the soul set comes in, because it is about your values, your belief, you know, your humility, having empathy supporting others you know helping others as well uh, and that's the critical and it's a huge driver for me now um and it's carrying on the great work that mark did when he was alive raising money for king's college you know now he's gone it's about having people to carry on in his name 
uh, and continue to fund that college uh, hospital because the work doesn't stop for them. You know, it's they've got to, they've got to find those um, cures, and they haven't found them particularly at the moment. Um, and, and there's a, there's a lot of work still to do. Yeah, I'm sure Mark is is egging you on and encouraging you to to keep going. I'm really interested, actually, in that that whole thing about the pain voice. You were saying, you know, you don't. That was something that Mark taught you. You know, not giving pain a voice can we sort of chat a little bit more about that yeah so if you think about um and it happens you see it regularly in day-to-day life or when you're out running you'll be running along and suddenly your knee'll start hurting and you'll be running along with somebody and maybe and you'll go oh my knee's hurting suddenly it accentuates it manifests itself it grows and it becomes the only thing you can think about your brain is now fixed on this issue because you've spoken it aloud and it's amazing when you then distract the brain, either by not talking about it or thinking about something different, suddenly the knee pain vanishes. Um, and it's, never forget the old tale, if, if people have hiccups, if you go up to someone that normally has hiccups and you pat them on the back really quickly and loudly, you shock them, the brain goes into complete frazzle and people generally stop hiccuping. And it's, again, the brain can't do two things at once. It's a bit like cycling downhill on a really fast downhill, being petrified you're going to fall off. If you start singing... You distract the mind. So giving that pain a voice uh, or a name or almost an association, you're, you're, you're fueling its energy. So for me, I will refuse now. And things still hurt, don't get me wrong, but I'm never going to talk about it. I'm never. I'm going to flip it around. I'm going to change the narrative. And I'm going to think about the things that are feeling good and feeling strong. Suddenly the knee pain goes. Suddenly it's not a focus for the brain. Because the brain's now being told, think about something different, distraction, and suddenly that knee that was giving you a lot of grief probably two or three minutes ago now stopped. So, yeah, giving giving pain a voice is, is critical. Uh, and the power of the spoken word as well. Like I said, um, I, I will only now talk about the positive. So to me, my mantra very much was we don't quit. And I will shout that out loud. And we, we, do, we do not quit. We do not quit. We do not quit. We are strong. We do not quit. And it's all about focusing the mind very much on that what you want to happen not what you don't want to happen and i think again that's another critical part of the, the exploration as i call it of the mind and the mindset um the brain is a wonderful device a clever device which we probably know very little about actually it fascinates me and, and how it all works together and, and then i guess when how it plays through and manifests when you're out in a world of ultra marathons doing extreme things how the mind because again i talk about sleep deprivation again i can be walking through on night four, all I can be thinking about is I'm dog tired. I just want to, and if I'm telling myself I'm tired, I feel miserable, I need to sleep, that's just going to grow the problem. So for me, is I will distract it and turn it around and go, right, okay, what do we need now and how to do? We don't need to talk about sleep now. Yes, we're tired. Let's think about something different. Let's focus on something completely different. And quite often I'll be thinking about Mark. So if I was in pain, kept saying to myself, Paul, this is not terminal cancer. You're not suffering. Okay, so let's flip the narrative round and let's say, actually, you're, you're a very healthy guy. You're a very lucky guy. So let's just get on with it and let's stop mumbling and grumbling about the pain you're in and the fact your feet hurt or the fact you haven't slept for three days. Let's just focus on the positives. And again, it's amazing how the mind switches very quickly from that kind of dark place to actually quite a bright place. That's so powerful, isn't it? Hmm. Were your support team also, you know, are they very much in line with your way of thinking as well 
Yeah, I mean, Caroline is the taskmaster um, and she knows exactly where I'm at. She'll know the times I'm having my wobbles. She'll know what that really is and she'll not ignore it, but she will distract it. And, and it's almost, uh, right, we don't talk about that. We talk about this. You know, I'm, I'm not feeling great. doesn't matter. Let's get you fed. Let's get you water. Let's get you moving on. So it's very much into that same, you know, I had, a, I had a saying to Caroline that whatever happened in the 500, unless I break something significantly, like a leg or an ankle, or I physically just can't move. You don't let me stop. Don't let any of my low moments of I've had enough. I can't do this. I don't, you know, I forget my why. Just keep reminding me, keep reminding me of my why. Keep reminding me of why I'm doing this. You know, don't bitch and whinge about it. And I don't now. And I'm pretty mindful that I don't. Occasionally, your words slip out where you get a bit weak. But that's 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 going to happen. You know, when you've had seven or eight days and you are absolutely lacking in sleep. And it is the world's best um, uh, way of uh, punishing somebody. Yeah. Um, sometimes you're not thinking quite straight you are especially if you've just come off of some bad uh, hallucinations you are going to be thinking a bit gaga but generally yeah so they're very much in tune with what my narrative is and what i need them to be like yeah so there's no kind of pat on the backs and there there's oh you've done so well you know if you want to quit it's okay this is right come on get yourself sorted get you fed get your water get you patched up back you go out again and carry on and keep thinking what you're doing and why you're doing it keep thinking what you're doing why you're doing it and it's amazing having your, your crew doing that and then just reinstates if you've gone in a bit of a low you come out of the a station feeling re revitalized and refocused you've reset the mind you've reset the, the the kind of imagery in your head of you know yes this is tough but we're doing this for a reason you know we're doing this and in my case it was doing this because i need to damn raise some money and funny enough more more people seem to put their hands in the pocket when you're suffering yeah um, than when you're not so uh, it's amazing how the money ramps up when you, you're staggering out of a tent on on the last checkpoint and you physically can't stand up suddenly everybody goes oh my god you know this guy's seriously struggling physically they can see physically the guy can't even get up yeah we need to sponsor him <laughs> so um you know it's amazing how people's emotions you know play when you when they see people suffering and genuinely yeah. suffering physically um people go absolutely yeah so we need to give we need to give to that cause because paul's doing it for a good reason yeah and that video of you crawling out of your tent and trying to stand up yeah. probably was it the most watched clip that was posted yeah, of the probably. of the mm -hmm. whole eight days yeah i think it 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 resonated with quite a lot of the guys because I think they've been there. They've been there, and I they know me. And it was interesting because someone said to me, "Well, why didn't they come and help you?" That wasn't the, that wasn't the deal. You know, this was about me. This wasn't me trying to be heroic. This was me. This was my journey. This was not about getting a, a leg up or an arm up. This was me being stubborn. This was me saying, "I've come this far. I need to get myself out of this tent." I'm going to do and it took everything I had to get out of that tent it was hard it was I was physically knackered it wore me out just standing up and that shows you what maybe 500 miles can do to your your body you know um it, it, my body had seized up completely I'd had a, a sleep in the tent and everything had seized up and I knew I'd got to get up and I didn't want the help and I wasn't going to get the help because this was about it's all very well helping Paul out the tent he's got another 20 miles to go yeah. and he's got to be self-sufficient so this was the again the team doing the right thing not molly coddling me you know they were there supporting me in the right things but realizing that I had to do this on my own I had to survive this and do the things on my own and what getting out of the tent was just one of those things wow so everything that you've learned and 
and experienced are you able to transfer all of that into other areas of your life what as in sharing or do you mean as in just the, the day-to-day life well as in you know day-to-day life i'd always remember when i when i finished my first 100 miler the euphoria and the sense of of self-belief i had i a couple of days afterwards i just thought god if i could bottle and capture this like who knows where my life could go from here and i just wonder you know are you able to transfer everything that you gain from you know these phenomenal oh hugely yeah i live i live my life now by i talked about the four sets and that's the bit i'm endeavoring to continue to focus on in everything i do so it's not just the running so this is about the way of life for me this is about the way i turn up this is the way that i am in front of people um so absolutely yeah and it's, it's allowed me i think doing the long events has given me huge courage to make some big decisions it's allowed me to continue to grow my self-belief it's allowed me to just grow as an individual uh, I'm a broader thinker. I'm a broader person. I think the four sets has helped me just branch out my thinking. Been looking and reading on Stoicism, which so fascinates me. Marcus Aurelius fascinates me, and some of the world and some of the mindsets of that that kind of era. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely now finding. I'm finding my anxiety now is. I'm able to control anxiety more now than I ever have been able to, which is good because um, it really does uh, take a grip of you. I'm sure uh, the listeners will understand that uh, anxiety is a horrible, horrible thing. It's easy to tell someone to snap out of it. It doesn't work that way. No. You know, these are these are really active voices that just keep going on in your head and you can't switch the damn things off. So, yeah, I think to answer your question, absolutely. I'm really, I'm really endeavouring to live my life as best I can and <laughs> far from perfect by those values. Uh, and whether it's my job I do, and I'm quite lucky in the job I do, the fact that I, you know, I lead and direct and guide people and nurture, and I am their servant leader to them. You know, I am, I am, I'm there to lead, but to serve them and to to help them grow. And one thing I love doing is is teaching others the ways that I'm learning. You know, it's all very well absorbing all this information, but one thing I've learned is you you must be able to teach others. You must share it with other people so they can then do the same, continue to grow and grow and grow, then manifest itself. And it very much, you then get a a culture of people, like-minded people that get it and understand it and continue want to grow and continue want to learn and share positivity. And I think if we can get that in in a place where people do that, the world will be a better place. You know, we'll we'll stop stop the negativity that goes on in the world. We'll stop the just the horrible backbiting that goes on out there in the world and people's opinions. And yeah, I just think people just need to take a stop for a moment and, and just take some time to reflect on, on what they're seeing, what they're, you know, what they're thinking and how they're, and how they're behaving. <laughs> you know, so it's helping me hold myself to account. And like I said, I, I, I slip below the line quite often. I'll always do things where I'll snap out and go, Oh no, the trigger, I shouldn't be doing that. That's wrong. But I think the trigger is much quicker than it ever is, ever was. Whereas maybe in the past, I might a day later get pulled up by somebody said, I think you were out of order yesterday. And I'd go, well, what did I do? And they'd say, and they go, oh, yeah, maybe I was. Now, within seconds, you'll know you're slipping below a line of acceptability in my job where, you know, you're on show a lot. And, and, and what you say and how you say it and how you behave is, is watched. 
you know, you are under the spotlight 24 hours a day when you're in my job. And, and rightly so, you know, you are an ambassador and people thrive off what you say and how you behave. And I hate using the word role model because I think it's overplayed, but to many others, and, and a lot of my team will say to me, people look up to you because they want to learn from you and they want to learn from your experiences. And I think people do love to learn off genuine, true experiences, not just philosophies, but actually you've lived and bred, lived and breathed it. You felt it. Um, yeah. So yeah, very much so. And I'm enjoying it. It's, it's good. And it's, it's helping me as an individual be a better person, a better version of myself. And that's, you know, and I'm never going to be perfect at that. You know, I don't strive for perfection because I don't think that exists, but I will strive for excellence. Because I think excellence is something you can be top of your game one day and tomorrow you can top that again. Whereas perfection, you're never going to be perfect, are you? Because perfection never ends. So no. I think I'll, I'll continue to strive for excellence. And if I can teach one other person or, Again, I hate using the word inspire, but, you know, just help somebody believe in themselves to go that extra step. And, and it was incredible the amount of people that reached out after the 500 just to say thank you. And not for just the fact of doing it for fundraising, and that was pretty important, but actually just to say you've given me the boot up the arse. And a couple of my close friends joke about it. They say now, you know, we, we always kind of laugh now because it's like when we're running down the river, and we've got a twitchy knee, we start thinking, well, what would Paul be doing? And that's that's, yeah. that's quite a nice thing to say. And uh, Absolutely. I'm, I'm not expert at it, but I think they've realised that if an average guy like me, and that they talk about ordinary into extraordinary, and I think we can all be extraordinary. I really do. I think we've all got extraordinary in us. I really do. I think we've got a lot more in us than we believe. For one reason, it just mm -hmm. doesn't come out. And I think if we can encourage people and the running, that's why I love the running circuit, because you see the running family, you see these people that have gone from, from not running, you know, they might do some walking, get off the couch, they'll do their first 5k, their 10k, they'll do the half marathons, they'll step into marathons, and then they do their ultra marathons. And it's just fascinating and, and such awesome to watch these people on their journeys. And I find that that group of people are generally pretty humble. They are pretty humble and they're very appreciative of what other people do as well. Yes. And I think that's why the running family is such a warm place where people come to because that feeling of rejoicing for everybody else, yeah. you know, celebrating each other's achievements is, is fantastic. You know, whether it's someone doing the 100th marathon or doing their first marathon, it's, it's a lovely feeling to, um, to be part of really is so yeah absolutely helped me and like i said it, all those deeper inner thoughts just fuel me to go on that crusade to go that little bit deeper because i want to share with people because there are many people saying so what is it like to run 500 miles and i and i want to share with them because i want them to go and do it because i probably four five six years ago if you'd have asked me would have said no i couldn't do that it's not possible. I'm not good enough. I'm not fit enough. I'm not strong enough. And I believe that. I believe that story. And, and, and I'm, I then change the narrative and the story change. And I want people to believe that they can do it. You know, and if I can get one person to believe they can do it, then I've done my job. Mm. You know, the fundraising bit is a totally separate energy piece for me. You know, there is a, there's a whole piece around cancer for me that I didn't understand and I and I had to understand research it and liver cancer since knowing Mark and doing the fundraising I, I started to be 
fascinated also horrified with the data that's coming out with with, with liver cancer you know the, the statistics are horrendous uh, and this is why just every pound that we raise will go to that extra bit of research you know it's still a very rare cancer you know it's the 18th most common cancer in the uk in terms of its um death rates it's very high though and that's the bit that people don't understand is it's the fifth most common death rate amongst men of all the cancers okay and it's the seventh most common cancer of death rate among women yet it's the 18th most common cancer so it shows you that it's a very very small cancer in terms of where it sits in the echelon but it sits almost at the top of people dying and that tells yeah. you something we haven't found a cure mm. 16 people a day are diagnosed with liver cancer over 6,000 people a day still very very small and, and the, the statistic that scared me the most since the 1970s liver cancer mortality has trebled since 1970 now in this in this day and age that is crazy mm. you know a cancer mortality rate has trebled still a hell of a lot of work to do yeah yeah because there's an awful lot of the other cancers which have perhaps have had wider um recognition or awareness or sort of importance placed on them where the the mortality rates have have really come down because of the investment that's been made into it yeah and it's fantastic to see the the, the movements and, and the the fact that cancers have are now being cured which maybe five or ten years ago weren't you know but unfortunately there's always going to be those cancers that fall behind because they're lesser known and, and liver cancer sadly is one of those and i think there was a perception that liver cancer is usually the unhealthy cancer but it's not you know you can be very healthy and get liver cancer as well smart yeah uh and you know when you think that four in ten people will survive only a year and three in 20 will only survive five years and that mm. again is a statistic that has to change and it was sad because talking to mark during the pandemic all of his trials that he was on that was keeping him alive stopped oh, sadly covid put play to that as, as it did with a lot of cancer yeah, yeah. trials and different um uh, different services that they were offering him to keep him alive covid then took president as you'd expect it took all of the funding cancer then took a back seat completely and, and you know you think within within six months of covid happening mark sadly had lost his life and that's such a shame because he battled through three years with various different you know we had chemos and had radio and his different different things he was having to keep him living you know and that suddenly stopped so yeah i think um that will be a powerful why for me it will be for time to come and it will fuel me to do more because although i always say ultra running can be very selfish because it takes so much time to do and you're relying on other people to give up so much of their time this is the fuel that keeps me putting one step in front of the other although i i love the personal quest and love the personal journey of what happens if that's fine that yeah you know, that's just a personal interest the actual the motor that keeps the why going the mind staying strong you know is important so mark mark will always be there uh, his voice will always be in my head get it done you know don't moan about it get it done and come on you know it can't be as painful as ter having terminal liver cancer and i and i live by that mm. and i you know i i can't but put that to the back of my head and go no 
running running long distances isn't as painful as having liver term liver cancer so i've got it quite lucky so i'll i'll be thankful for that i'll show the gratitude for that and i'll continue to use that as my driver to keep pushing the message number one and keep pushing me forward to keep doing those things hopefully that will maybe inspire a few others to just push a little bit further if that's what they want to do you know or go a little bit faster if that's what they want to do so yeah i think you know that this world is short um we don't have a lot of time i think we do have a lot of time. i think it's been one of my biggest reflections is that you know i turned 50 this year and and for most people say well that's quite young but you know life is short you know make the most of it and i think every day now I, i'm more mindful of don't waste time don't delay don't procrastinate don't don't allow anxiety to stop you from doing the things you want you know following your dreams and passions don't let failure stop you i um I, was, I read a very short poem if i can share it with you i think it really resonated with me as well which was, is all about what i've just said and, and it's by a guy called um, rabindranath tragore who was kind of a poet writer composer Nobel Prize winner actually in 1913, but his short poem resonated massively with me. And it goes along the lines of spring has passed and summer has gone and winter is here. And the song that I meant to sing remains unsung for I've spent my days stringing and unstringing my instrument. And that, that reminds me, I guess, that life's too short and you need to go all in and there's music within all of us and it's probably stifled. So me, saying i'm going to go and do 500 miles to most people is bonkers absolutely crazy idea why on earth would you want to do it but it's a song i want to sing you know what i you know, people keep saying will you go further absolutely if, I, if my body and my mind allows me i'll go further because you can you can explore that it's a, it's a summit just that little bit higher and if i follow through with all the right whys there's no reason why i and others can't do it you know people have run further continue to run further so why can't i run further why can't Joe Bloggs run further. Why can't we raise more money and um, keep the message alive? We can. It's just a mindset piece. Again, it's and using the four sets will help continue that genuine journey to keep bringing people along. Yeah, and that's it. And in and in singing your song so loudly, that's mm. actually enabling others to perhaps find the the courage or the the desire that actually maybe I want to sing this song or not necessarily that song, but, you know, I want to sing my song too. And that's, that I think is just kind of the fantastic legacy that, that Mark has left really, because, you know, he's, he stayed with you. So you hear his voice, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, you know, who are listening to, to what you're saying and what you've learned from, from Mark and from all your experiences that they, you know, they won't necessarily be hearing Mark's voice, mm. but they'll be hearing Paul's voice. And then as they go and sing their song, someone else will be going, ah, you know, I'm listening to that voice in my head. So it's all those, you know, it's rippling out, isn't it? Just so far, it's being in that, you know, if we, we often sort of say that, you know, social media and places is, you know, an echo chamber, chamber of negativity, but actually what you're doing is creating a, an echo chamber of positivity which you know let's let's keep those echoes of positivity reverberating round and, and impacting as many as we can 
I remember remember back in the day, I was going back probably, what, five, six years ago, I remember looking at social media one morning, waking up and thinking, God, how negative Facebook is. And rather than just jumping off it and saying, I'm not being part of this, it was about how do you make a difference? How can you change the narrative? How can you change the messaging? And that's where I started to put my thought for the day out and did it for three years. Yeah, I remember that. It just became a habit. But I, and, and, and I just thought, you know, I'm fed up of seeing negative narrative and, and, and moaning and bitching about how horrible everything is and how life's so unfair and this and that and I thought you know what I'm just going to put one message out there to to bolt you know maybe punch a few people on the nose to wake up you know life isn't that bad you know it's however you want to see it but actually there's always a positive in every negative you know if you want to go around living in a world of drama and you know unhappiness just because small things and I appreciate there are reasons why people might be unhappy but there felt like there was there was unnecessary heartache in, in the world of people just having a good old whip, bitch and whinge and they feel fueled by it and I thought no I'm not I'm not I'm not allowing that to happen if I'm going to stay on this uh, platform I want to see some more positive um, dialogue and I think you know over those three years slowly people kind of realized I wasn't going away <laughs> I was going to keep putting my message out there you know and same with same with this fundraising same with these you know people say to me oh you put your quotes out there and it's like yeah I'm going to keep reminding people that you know, setting goals is important. Having dreams and aspirations is important. Having self-belief is important. You are you are the master of your own destiny. You know, you know, your happiness in life is dependent on your thoughts. And if your thoughts are negative, you're going to have a negative life. It's as simple as that. And I've learned that one the hard way. So think positively and just aspire. But more importantly, encourage others. Just get out there and encourage one other. So that song that maybe isn't being sung can be sung in harmony. And I think that's yeah. where the running family comes in. It's a harmony of song. It's everybody, you know, not um, being big headed or arrogant. They're there celebrating and singing together and singing that tune. And it's a, it's a fascinating bubble. I, I love just being in it because it's a great place to be yeah. when you step out of it you get back into the real world but you go into the running bubble of people and the, the gratitude and the you know just the people excelling and pushing themselves past their what they perceive as their potential is fascinating and it's a joy to watch I, I love being part of it I love seeing it and I, and I think that will again be another one that energizes me oh that you talking about that singing in harmony actually gave me goosebumps that's <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many of us will go to our grave and not sung our song. You know, that's sad, isn't it? You know, we won't have had the courage to to just step one step forward uh, and, and take the start, you know, um, and not put ourselves on the start line in life because we fear the failure, the fear of what if, mm. you know, the, the most dreaded two words in the English language, what if, you know, but then you can flip that. Well, what if I take three steps and I enjoy it? Well, get on with it then. Fantastic. What if I succeed? Well, celebrate and share it. What if it's always deemed as a, a negative, isn't it? What if, if I fail? What if I'm not good enough? What happens if I'm too slow? What if I'm not clever enough? What if, you know, what if, what if, what if? And there's a dreaded two words. I hear it time and time again in my daily life. And I will always flip the narrative and say, well, okay, let's turn it around. What if it goes well? What if you sing in beautiful harmony? You didn't realise how many other people are you going to aspire? But if you don't do it, we're never going to hear that. So that's a wasted chance. So, yeah, let's 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 um, let's sing out there in harmony. Let's uh, keep spreading the word. Let's keep uh, looking after each other. Keep celebrating together. 
and keep pushing ourselves and be brave and you know keep excelling and setting those goals and stretching ourselves and I guess get out of our comfort zone because it's a horrible place the comfort zone it's a horrible sluggish place so uh, yeah get out there and make ourselves you know what we are truly. So you've obviously learned a huge amount of stuff, not only from Mark, but from, you know, everything that you've been through yourself, the, the ways in which you push yourself. But what would you say has been the, the biggest lesson or the, the most impactful lesson? Uh, for me, I think it has to be life is not about what happens to you. It's about how you deal with it. And that's a very simplified way of looking at it. But lots of things happen to us in life lots of good things but lots of bad things and, and ultimately it's what um what we do with it how we grow from it what how we take the bits from it and, and move from it and how do we grow and how do we how do we take it forward and not let it hold us back i think um if you think about if you were to write down the 10 things that have happened to you in the last week good and bad you know but then what have we done with them you know have we chucked them in the bottom drawer and you know mulled over them and dwelled on them or, or if we said right okay how do we turn that into a positive so i think that's certainly been a learn for me um you know by just changing again changing the dialogue changing the narrative changing the mindset of of that event um a bit like a paradigm really you know paradigm you can change the the meaning of it however you want to so even if you're suffering maybe a loss of a loved one um a friend for me it's not about the loss. It's about celebrating what they stood for, celebrating what they achieved, celebrating the song they left, celebrating the, the message and, and the person that they were and taking that forward and, and utilising that as your strength and not necessarily dwelling on the pain of the loss, although it's very sad and nobody wants to lose anybody. We're all going to go at some point. You know that's the harsh reality of life. So let's let's celebrate um, let's celebrate that individual when they're here, but more importantly, celebrate them even more when they're not here. So yeah, definitely think about how you deal with circumstance um, situations and what how you frame it. You know how do you take it forward? Um, does it embrace you? Does it empower you? Or does it hold you back? And does it make you miserable? So I think it's very, very important you take the time to, well, I've taken the time just to every time something happens is to stop, think, reflect, and then reframe it into a real positive to allow it to give me the energy to to move forward from it. So, yeah, I think that's an important one for me. Yeah, huge, huge lesson. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Paul. I could chat with you all day it's been I've certainly gained a huge amount from from listening to you this morning and I'm sure all my listeners will too I'm excited to know what your next adventure will be in line because (laughs) you know I'm sure it's probably already in planning (laughs) stage or certainly you know (laughs) you know me too well which is absolutely amazing and and you know that keeps inspiring others it keeps um, Mark's le- legacy alive. It keeps it keeps the song moving on, doesn't it? Absolutely. So thank you so much. No, thank you. Please do place a I, or give me the link for fundraising page for Mark, and I'll I'll add that into the episode notes as well. Because let's keep seeing those those totals going up and helping other people. 
as well and get through. Uh, thank you for what you're doing with your podcast as well, doing a great job at uh, getting the messages out there and hearing people's stories. It's fascinating and uh, really enjoyable to listen to. So well done, you. This episode was recorded in June 2022, and I've just re-listened as I prepare it to go out to the world. And I'm struck by the beauty of the singing in harmony wisdom that Paul so eloquently shared, particularly today as I witnessed two selfless and heartwarming acts of leadership by example in our running community. It was indeed harmonious singing in action. It was so uplifting. If you'd like to donate to Paul's Just Giving page to raise funds for more research into liver cancer, details are in the episode notes. Thank you, as always, to those who support me in the production of this podcast, Jamie Farrell for the beautiful music, and finally, you, the listener. Please share, like, subscribe. It really helps the stories and lessons be heard by others. Thank you. I'll be back soon with another lesson from Loss.